I was having a conversation with somebody recently, and we were just small talking, and and I found out that they had a business caring for pets, and so I, I asked their advice, and and I was asking them specifically advice about my pet. Um, I'm sure you all have nice pets, but I own the nicest dog in all the world. My dog's name is Angel, and uh, we've had Angel for a long time, and uh, we didn't we didn't pick Angel. Angel picked us. We went to the uh, Humane Society. We had another dog picked out. My wife and I had prearranged to pick up another dog. We were going there to pick up a dog for for Noah's Christmas gift. And uh, when we got there to get the other dog, the other dog didn't give a rip about us. But Angel, who was in a in a cage, Angel saw us and got our attention and said to us in words we understood, "Pick me, pick me." Angel has been a dream dog. She came to us potty trained. One, that's a dream dog for me. Angel tells you what she needs. She tells you what she needs. She she lifts up her paw when she wants you to pet her. She just comes over and says, okay, it's time, pet me. (laughs) That's what she does. She just just asks us. You know, when when, when she wants to go outside, she doesn't bark and all that. She just goes, you know, let's let you know. Over there, take me out. And uh, she's, she's just been a dream dog. <clears throat> but uh, lately, things have been changing. Angel hasn't been herself. And Angel, uh, it's getting very difficult for Angel to walk. We've had her for now almost 13 years. She, she, uh, she wouldn't, this morning, she wouldn't hardly come down the steps. It's too painful for her to go down the steps. Yesterday morning, uh, I saw her on our wooden floor, and she couldn't even get up. She was just kind of swimming on the wooden floor. And so I was talking to this dog whisperer person, and, and I said, when do you know it's time? You know, when do you know it's time for your pet? And she began describing all the symptoms that our dog's having. It, it, it no longer can control itself, and it's, you know, going on the carpet. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's having a hard time walking. All of the, all of the things that she said. And, and she finally said, when you realize that you're keeping it alive for you and not for the dog... You know, it's time, and I just, I, the, when that happened, I had one of those moments. I had one of those moments because, because this has been such a, a, a wonderful dog. And when I read this passage, is, you know, I, I, that's a trivial example to use in this passage because, because as special as a dog is, Jesus was so special. So special to everyone around him. He was, in the, he was in the apex of his ministry. He had just raised Lazarus from the dead. And, and so much, he was so popular at this time that the passage before the ones that I just showed you, the Pharisees were muttering to themselves and they were saying, the whole world has gone out to see this guy. The whole world is going after him. The Pharisees, in other words, were saying, what are we going to do? We, we want to control with our religion. But this guy's got the whole world going after him. If Jesus had just made his move, you know, he could have had the whole crowd behind him. They could have, they could have uh, uh, set up their kingdom right there. It, was, it, was, it seemed to be that moment. But when you read this passage, there's this sinking feeling. And this passage isn't about time. It's about a... It's about a moment. You know the difference, don't you, between a minute and a moment. Hallmark did, played on that a few years ago when they started their marketing campaign, that Hallmark moment. 
There's a difference between the passage of time and, and moments. And, and, and for those of you that are taking notes, the first note this morning is, this passage moves us from chronos time to kairos time. Those are Greek words. If you want to write them in English, it moves us from ordinary time to special time. Chronos time, which is, which is the, the normal passage of time. We're in this season that we call Lent. It's a special season that leads up to the cross and to the resurrection. But, but when the Christian calendar is outside of Lent and Advent, it's called ordinary time. And so we're moving from ordinary time to extraordinary time. We're moving from minutes to moments. McKinley Valentine writes this about the difference between Kronos and Kairos. The ancient Greeks had two words for time. The Kairos was the second. The first was Kronos which we still use in words like chronological. Do it in chronological order or anachronism. It refers to clock time, time that can be measured in seconds, minutes, hours, or years. Where chronos is quantitative, kairos is qualitative. It measures moments, not seconds. Further, it refers to the right moment, the opportune moment, the perfect moment. The world takes a breath, and in the pause before it exhales, fates can change. Have you ever had one of those moments that changed your life? I remember that moment when a little girl named Natalie was born, our firstborn child, and I wrapped her in swaddling clothes, and I held her close to me, and uh, we fell asleep together. And that moment, Natalie and I bonded in a way that I cannot explain to you except that she has never left me. That moment when Christiana came into my life and brought the joy and the sunshine that she did. Noah wasn't so much of a moment. But, no, just kidding, just kidding. But, but, but... Uh, <laughs> sorry, sorry. The moment when the girl in the red plaid dress walked into the church that I was in, and her name was Melanie Bentley, and she was up on stage supposedly doing some ventriloquist puppet thing, and I wasn't paying attention to the puppet thing because I was having a moment. And that moment led to marriage. That moment when, that, that, that moment when. In, in Christianity, the word kairos carries the connotation of ripeness. The idea is it's the fullness of time. That, 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 that the long-awaited time has finally arrived. All of history, all of life. I didn't know it when I saw the girl in the red dress. But I didn't know that my life was leading to that moment. And when that moment came, my life would go in another direction. Because of a moment. A special moment. The Greeks depicted their words with, 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 with images or, or they personified them. And, and Kronos was, you've heard of the term father time. Look how gross this guy is. He's eating his own son. Not a bad idea. Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> this is Kronos, the sun eater. And, and the idea is 
how the passage of time erodes us and takes our life away. And, you know, when you're young, you're thinking, man, I can't wait till I get older. I get my driver's license. I can't wait till I'm, you know, I can vote. I can't wait till all of these things. But what you don't know, young man, is tick, 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 tick. Father, time is, is you know, is ticking away and eroding your life. That's, that's chronology. That's, that, that's chronos time that we're getting older and our hair begins to gray. And for some of us, it, it leaves us. It's not funny. Chronology, chronos. In this passage, we read that there were some Greeks who had come to see Jesus. And they say, sir, we want to see Jesus. I'm told that that's engraved in many pulpits in America. That right here, before the preacher preaches, he reads these words. Sirs, we would like to see Jesus. Because congregations everywhere are begging for Jesus to be preached from the pulpits. And these Greeks were coming. And the significance of that was the Pharisees had just said the whole world has gone after him. And here's these non-Jewish people, these Greeks who've come up to the festival. They just want to be there for the party. And, and they, but they want to see Jesus. They say, we want some of this. We see what Jesus is doing. We heard that he just raised a man from the dead. We want to be a part of this. We want to see what's going on. And these Greeks come to Jesus. And, and, uh, and when they say the whole world has gone after him, the word there is... is is cosmos, the world, and we know the cosmos means the universe, but the connotation of it means the world that is alienated from God. It's the same word that we used last week when it said that God so loved the world. He so loved those people that were alienated from God. He loved people who were outside of the friendly confines of the church. He loved people that that were not at church on Sunday morning. He loved people that felt excluded from, from the friendly confines. And so these Greeks come and they're saying, we'd like in. It's interesting how they did it. They went to Philip because Philip is a Greek name. They went to Philip and, and because he came from Bethsaida, which was a town that was Jewish and Greek mixed. And, and Philip and Andrew was another Greek name. So Philip and Andrew, maybe they were speaking Greek and Philip understood it. And they, they, came, to, they came to them and said, we would, we would like to see Jesus. How many of you heard the news story this week that, that uh, Starbucks is doing a, doing a new initiative? I don't know if it was just for this week where... They're asking their baristas to talk about race. Did you see that? They're asking that when you go to get your coffee, uh, that the barista is supposed to engage you in a conversation about race. And I was uh, hearing that news story this week, and, and different com- talking heads were were talking about you know you know when people go get their cup of coffee they don't want to be bothered talking about race they just want to get to work and they want to buy their coffee and put the cream in the coffee and go home and so CNN was talking about it and Fox News and MSNBC were all talking about how dumb it was that people were would would talk about race but you know what I thought I thought I'd like to go down here on Merchants Drive and 75 and I'd like to begin a conversation with the barista about race And I would like to say to the barista at Starbucks, do you agree with me that 10 o'clock Sunday morning is still the most segregated hour of the week? 
I would like to engage in a conversation down here on Merchants Road at Starbucks because you know what? I don't want to just talk about it. You know why? Because there's some people that don't look like you that want to see Jesus just like you want to see Jesus. There's Hispanic people and black people and there's sinners and there's, 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 uh, there's cowboys and there's city folks and there's farmers and there's people of all stripes and everyone wants to see Jesus. The whole, how many know the whole world needs to see Jesus? The whole world needs to see Jesus. And so the world is outside of, of Jesus' doors and the Greeks are coming and they're saying, hey, we want in. We want to see, you think I'm kidding, but I'm going to Starbucks this week. And I'm going to engage in a conversation down here on Mer- You want to talk about race? I'll talk about race with you. Because I want Life Church to be a church where every race, every color, every stripe has an opportunity to hear about Jesus. Come on this morning. Amen. 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 We're just going to talk about, so, so the Greeks want in. You know, Jesus, we know it says he came to the lost sheep of Israel. But the Greeks are at his door now. We want in. The whole world needs to see Jesus. Can I just tell you, Life Church, I don't want to be a typical Bible Belt church. You know, I've heard every excuse in the world, you know. Well, white people worship different than black people. Black people, they, they, you know, they really get with it when they worship. Well, come on, white people, we can get with it when we worship. Come on. Well, well, you know, Hispanic people, they like to salsa a little bit when they worship. Come on, I'll salsa with you. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying, what if we had a church where, where every race, every color... No matter where you've been, no matter where you came from. I don't know about you, but that's the kind of church I want to be a part of. How many know what I'm talking about this morning? Do you think that in 2015, we might ask down at Starbucks, is it possible in the year 2015 that we could be a church where every race, sinners of all kinds, hey, that's what we say in our vision statement. We're a church that exists for people far from God. We're just going to talk about it. I don't know about you, but I want to be it. I'm not blaming anybody. I want to learn. I want to go down to Starbucks and I want to learn. Okay, you want to talk about race? You teach me. You tell me how we can have a church like that. Because I believe, and I'm going to give my life to say we can. Well, three people agree with that. I said, I believe that we can. Do you believe that this morning? I believe that we can. I don't know about you, but that's the kind of church that I want to I wanna be a part of. And I've seen it happen before, and I know that God's going to do it again. Hmm. There are Greeks outside the door. And and then it, you almost get the feeling like Jesus is like ignoring the question because he doesn't say, "Yeah, I've got time for you," but he goes on to this. He goes, it's like he he doesn't even hear him. He just like changes the subject, and he starts saying, "The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified." Very, I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. 
Jesus weirdly begins talking about his own death. And not only that, but he, but he uses a strange word, and he says, now it's time for the Son of Man to be glorified. He doesn't say, you know, you know, have you ever noticed that people don't like to use the word dead? I used to be a hospital chaplain, and, 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 and the medical word was expired. This person has expired. Uh, can I just tell you this morning, people don't expire. Milk in your refrigerator expires. People die. The Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die. And Jesus starts talking about death. But when he talks about his own death, he talks about it as glory. And, 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 and the Greek word there is doxin. It means to make better than something that, it makes something better than it already is. So, so Jesus weirdly starts talking about, I'm getting ready to die and somehow that's going to be glory. It's, it's going to be, it's not either or, it's both and, it's, it's horrible. And, and so when I read this passage, i got to tell you, my heart sinks. Because I love Jesus. And I see Jesus, in fact, Jesus' heart sinks because he says, my heart is troubled. But am I going to pray, God, save me from this hour? No, I'm not going to pray, God, save me for this hour. In fact, he said, for this, this is the hour... This is the ripe hour. This is the time that all time has been leading to. Everything you've seen me do before, all of the miracles, everything before, it was all leading to this. It's tragic wonder. It's hideously beautiful, the cross. To us, it's death. But to Jesus, it's glory. So we read some weird passages in the Bible that we read at Christian funerals. Beautiful in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. That somehow death itself, somehow death itself is beautiful and, and somehow it brings glory and somehow it's something better than it was before. So was Jesus ignoring the Greeks? I don't believe he was ignoring the Greeks because of what he says. And he says that, that when a seed is planted, it produces many seeds, right? And, and so what Jesus seems to be saying is, hey, go tell the Greeks that when I die and when I'm lifted up, lifted up on the cross, he, he said that, to, it says very clearly to us, to describe the kind of death that he would die. When I'm lifted up on the cross, tell the Greeks uh -huh, that I'm going to draw all men unto myself, all men, all women, all nations, every color, every race. If you want to see me, the Greeks are saying, can we have an appointment with Jesus? And Jesus' response is, go tell them, if they want to see me, they can meet me at Friday at noon. I'm going to be just outside of the city, and I'm going to be on a hill, and you won't be able to miss me. I'm going to be the guy in the middle, and I'm going to be lifted up on a cross. If you want to see me, you can make an appointment with me on Friday at noon. This is the week. This is the Passover. 
Jesus is talking about that very Friday. The Greeks want to see me. Here's here's my message to the Greeks. If you want to see me, come see me on Friday because when I'm lifted up on the cross, everyone, Hispanic, every black man, every white man, every Asian man, man, woman, child, every, every stripe of sinner, come, come you on broken foot, lame though you are, come. Come you blind and come those of you who cannot hear and come. Come. Come those of you who have been abused, come. Come from wherever you came from, come. I'll be there at Friday at noon. When I'm lifted up, And then there's this, this moment. This moment happens. Jesus is explaining all this, and he said, My heart's troubled, and but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I'm not gonna punt to use the football analogy. I'm not gonna say save me from this hour. This is the hour that I came for, and and Jesus says something. He, say, he looks up to the Father and he says, glorify your name. And, and, and here's, I, I wish I could demonstrate this for you. If I could demonstrate this for you, I would have on the sound system this morning thunder rolling. And in the middle of the thunder, you would hear, I have glorified it and I will And the reason I say it was like that is because the scripture says that that some heard the voice, but others only heard the thunder. This is how faith works, ladies and gentlemen. The call of God goes out to all people everywhere. To the Greeks, to the Jews, to the Gentiles, every race and every nation, the call goes out. Jesus says, glorify your name, and the voice is heard. It's that moment when, that moment when, I don't know if you remember it. I don't know where you were. I remember where I was. I remember the altar in which I prayed. I remember envisioning Jesus dying on the cross, but he wasn't dying for all of you. He was dying for me that day. And I remember that moment when on the, my knees at the cross, and I heard the voice, you're my child. And I received Jesus into my life and all of my life had been leading to that moment and and none of my life has been the same since that moment. But I don't know what you heard. I don't know what you heard. Did you hear the story in the last couple weeks? It's, it's, you know, and it's not in the, um, what what do you call those tabloid magazines? Like what's a famous one? The national. This is not a National Enquirer story. This is, this is ABC, NBC, CBS. This is CNN and Fox and uh, 
There's a story about this girl. Have you guys been hearing the story the last couple of weeks? This, this little girl by the name of Lily Grossbeck. Her and her mom were driving. She was, she was just, a, just a, a very young girl, what, like 18 months old. J- just a toddler. Yeah, 18-month-old Lily. She was a toddler, and her and her mom were driving, and her mom hit a concrete embankment, and the, and the car went into the water, and, and the experts say that mom probably died on impact, but somehow, miraculously, the, the car, when it went in the river, it, it tipped upside down, and little Lily was hanging from her car seat, and the river was coming through the car, but it hadn't yet reached Lily's head, and she sat in that car. Did You heard the story? She, she was in that car for, for 13 hours, sub, submerged with the river going through, cold, for 13 hours. And some fishermen happened to come upon it, and they called for help in 911. And, and the police officers came, and the firemen came. And, and when they came, the police officers, without exception, Say they heard a voice that came from the car saying, Help me, help me. 18-month-old can't talk. It was an adult voice. They all agree it was an adult voice that was coming. And then two firemen, if if three policemen aren't believable, two firemen were there as well. They all heard the same sound coming from the car. Now, all the experts agree, mom was not even alive at the time. She had already died. And yet there was a voice from the car. And here's what, here's what one of them, the officer said to me. It was as plain as day. I remember hearing a voice that didn't sound like a child just saying, help me. The child is now doing very well. But when ABC reported it, they also reported it that now there were some individuals on top of the bridge, but all three stated that the voice came from the vehicle. In other words, ABC said, if you want an alternate explanation, you might choose to believe that there were some people up on the bridge and that could have been where help me came from. But all three officers are telling you they heard from the car Help me. I read a a story about it in the Detroit Daily News. And there was one person that commented, now there are certain birds that can mimic the sounds of voices. And it's possible that a bird was mimicking the mom's voice when the accident first happened. And so a bird was flying around saying, help me, help me. But the commentator who wrote the story in the Detroit Daily News said, for those who choose to believe, no explanation is necessary. For those who choose not to believe, no explanation is possible. I choose to believe. And see, I think that's how God works. I think he allows his voice to come to us in the thunder so that you can either believe it was thunder or you can believe it was God. I don't know, maybe I ate too much pizza last night. Maybe that's what got a hold of me on Sunday morning when the praise and worship team, you know, I don't know what it was, but I don't know what you heard. 
You can tell me and you can explain to me all day long that God is dead. But I know that when I was down at the altar and I saw him dying for me, it was a moment. It was that moment when everything changed for me. I feel sorry for people who work all their lives and they work to make money and they they work to party and they work to get married and they work to have kids and they work to retire and chronos goes on and time is passing but they never come to a moment that moment when I would ask you this morning, have you had that moment? I was so excited Sunday morning, this, this morning after the first service, when Rodney, who most of us know, who've been around here for a while, Rodney, who's painted my house, and Rodney, who greets you in the morning, came to me after church, after this first service, and said, Pastor, I want to be baptized on Easter. He had a moment. Here's what I want to say about these moments. You can't, you can't make them happen. We pastors, can I just tell you a little secret about pastors? We'll do everything to try to find an illustration that will grab your heart and pull it out of your chest and blah, blah, blah. And you know what happens most of the time? Something I didn't mean to say, some side comment I made, someone will come up and say, that's what touched my heart. Or or somebody made the announcements, and that's what's touched their heart that day. Or the dadgum worship team, you know, God touched their heart during that. I work hard on my sermons, you know what I mean? I mean, no, you can't manufacture a moment. Sometimes you can be driving down the road, and you can have your radio on. Suddenly, your your car becomes a special place because you have a moment with God. <laughs> I mentioned to you that 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 Kronos was pictured as an old man. Here's how here's how the Greeks pictured um, Kairos. Kairos, he's a weird-looking dude. He's standing on his tiptoes. You know why he's doing that? Because he's always running. He's the god of opportunity to the Greeks. He's, he's Kairos. He's, he's, that, he's that moment that you don't want to miss. And so he's got a, a razor in one hand, which, which means that you just have this razor chances that come by. And the reason he's on his tiptoes is because he's always running. He might be there and he might run past you. He's always on the move. He's young. He's eternally young. This, this Kairos is eternally young. He's not, he's not getting older. He's the God of my... Again, let me just tell you this, too. When I, when I, when I gave my life to Jesus, and I'm not, I'm not selling you... Uh, I'm not selling you uh, a, a crock of baloney, <laughs> to put it nicely. When I gave my life to Jesus, Kronos was transformed. Because here's what I'm telling you. I've enjoyed every stage of life. 
I enjoyed it when those when I got married and I was young and I used to call myself indestructo man because I never got sick and I was always strong and I could beat you up and I was strong. And then everything started breaking down and I had a gallbladder surgery and then I felt like falling apart man. And I loved it when our kids came along and I loved those, those times. I loved the passage of time and I loved it, you know, when we were just growing up and had so many memories, so many memories with my family. Hey, kids, I got to tell you, I love it now that you're leaving the house. I love it. <laughs> Can I just say that, that God helps you transcend time so that even when, when I'm old, I'm going to have an eternal young. It, it, it's both and. Yeah, I'm getting older, but I'm also getting better. <laughs> Just ask my wife. <laughs> when, when, as I get older, I, I'm not going to get colder. As I get older, I, 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 I want to stay strong for the Lord. I'm not going to let some of you whippersnappers get by me. I'm going to work as long as I've got strength in my bones because I've transcended time because I've had a Kairos moment. Now let me tell you something about this guy's hair. See this weird lock of hair he's got coming out of the front of his head? The reason Kairos had that is because as he was coming towards you, as opportunity was coming towards you, that lock of hair was there for you to grab. When opportunity comes, you got to grab it. And the reason he's bald in the back is because if he gets by you, you can't grab him because he's bald in the back. And there's nothing to grab onto. That's how they pictured opportunity. When opportunity comes to you, you better grab it because you don't know when opportunity is going to come. Oh, I'll wait tomorrow. You might not have the opportunity tomorrow because it's not about chronology. It's not about what time it is. It's about that moment when... That moment when God gets your attention, that moment when, 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 when suddenly it, it's just a particular date on the calendar, but it becomes a special moment. Because God, God's doing something fresh in your life. And time has transcended. And so I walk on this earth and I know I'm losing my hair and I know I'm getting older. There's something eternal living inside of me. Because I've had a moment with God. And you know what Jesus said when he raised Lazarus from the dead? He said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes on me shall live even though he dies. And this is the last point for those of you taking notes. In that moment, we learn that in living we die, but by dying to ourselves we truly live. Can I just ask you this morning, what do you have to live for? Is there something better than the kingdom of God to give yourself to? Do you want to just give yourself to the passage of time so you can get old for what? How to write a song, get old for what? How's that song going? <laughs> nah, nah, for what? 
Third down for what? That's all I can think of, UT football. Get old for what? Why just get old? You're going to live so that you can get rich and do what? Bury it with you? Do you ever ask yourself why? And so he comes to us in a moment and he says, tell those Greek guys, I'm taking all comers. I'm taking all comers Friday at noon. Meet me outside the city. I'll be on a hill and I'll be lifted up. And you know what? Jesus didn't leave it there so we could say, oh, poor Jesus. He challenged us. He got in our faces as any good football coach would do and say, you know what, though? I'm not doing this alone. Who's going with me? Because, because it's not until you give up your life. It's not until you give up your life that you truly live. I'm going to ask the worship team to come. And I'm going I'm to I'm end with a quote by Frederick Beekner, And he says this, And now, brothers, I'm going to ask you a terrible question. And God knows I also ask it of myself. Here's a question for you this morning. Is the truth beyond all truths, beyond the stars, just this? That to live without him is the real death. And that to die with him is the only life. Is the truth beyond all truths, beyond the stars, just this, that to live without him is the real death, and that to die with him the only life? I don't know if you have a pencil or a pen on you. If you don't, you might want to ask your neighbor if they got a pencil or pen. Get out a piece of paper if you got your bulletin or whatever and, and find that sheet of paper. And I want you to fill in just a blank. That moment when... And describe either what that moment was like for you or what you want that moment to be like for you. I don't want to, when I read the passage, it was that moment when your heart is so full that it sinks. Because I'm looking at Jesus, who I love. And he's dying for me. But I want you to fill in the blank and I can think of a lot of things. That moment, that moment when I gave myself to Jesus and I, for the first time, began to live. That moment when I was driving in my car. I heard a song on the radio. And the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart. And nothing's ever been the same. I can't manufacture a moment this morning. Moments come and moments go. For some of you, you're just saying, come on, I got lunch to eat.
maybe for somebody this morning you're having a moment. I want to ask everyone to bow your head and close your eyes this morning. I don't know about you, but I just sense the presence of the Holy Spirit in this place.